Welcome to Impact AI, brought to you by Pixel Scientia Labs. I'm your host, Heather Couture. On this podcast, I interview innovators and entrepreneurs about building a mission-driven, machine-learning-powered company. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to my newsletter to be notified about new episodes. Plus, follow the latest research in computer vision for people in planetary health. You can sign up at pixelscientia.com newsletter. Today, I'm joined by guest Vacheslav Zolodev, co-founder and CTO of SumSub, to talk about user verification and fraud detection. Vacheslav, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks, Heather. Thanks for having me. Vacheslav, could you share a bit about your background and how that led you to create SumSub? Yes. My background, I'm a computer scientist. I also hold a PhD in computer science. I think the fact that I found funny about myself is that I was lucky enough to know what I was going to do in my life since the first grade in, in the school. And for some reason, my father, like I think I should thank my father here. He was saying, hey, son, the computers are the future. So focus on them. And for some reason, like I listened to him and never struggled with, you know, choosing a direction I want to go. Although my father has had nothing to do with the computers long time ago, but here I am. And yeah, how I found some stuff, I mean, there is no, let's say, straightforward story to that. It's not something that I was kind of wandering around and saying, okay, here we have a problem with KYC, identity verification. It kind of happened spontaneously. Back in 2010 or 11, I had a so-called like pet project, which was dealing with um, creating algorithms for, uh, let's say, Photoshop detection, for detecting whether image was forged or not, right? So it was just a pet project, but then later on, it became more serious. And then in 2015, we, with my co-founders, realized that this is just a part of the big story of user verification or having trust in a user when this user gets onboarded. And that's when we pivoted into KYC. And that's when we actually saw product market fit. We saw problem that we're trying to solve. And that's how things are rolling. So what does SumSub do today? And why is it important for, for a safe digital feature? Sure. Two or three years ago, I would say that SumSub is a online verification platform or identity verification platform or maybe KYC platform, now your customer platform for those who know this term. And I can give you like a simple example here. If you're opening a bank account and a couple of years ago, probably you would have to go to uh, some sort of office, throw your documents there and maybe a couple of days later, hopefully your account is open. Nowadays, of course, many new banks, contemporary banks, they just require you online registration. So you upload your passport, your selfie, maybe proof of address, some sort of utility bill, and then hopefully your account is opened. Right. So those things shifted towards online sphere. And especially when COVID started, nobody was allowed to go to the offices. So of course, all of um, this COVID stuff and develop this online identity verification. But nowadays, we consider ourselves as a broader thing, as um, let's say, all-in-one verification platform, compliance toolkit, 
where we don't limit ourselves only to user onboarding, we realize that life happens to a user after he or she got onboarded. The users make transactions in online banking. When they rent a car sharing company, they make rides, right? So therefore, we also try to cover this part of life cycle of an end user and monitor events or transactions and all the actions that happen after user on board. What role does machine learning play in this technology? It's actually everywhere. As I mentioned, we started with creating anti-Photoshop software. And then, of course, computer vision part of the machine learning was really important for us. Then when we pivoted into KYC, and of course, we needed to extract data from government-issued ID documents, right? So that's one application. Then you need to extract face and compare faces against the selfie. Then the liveness checks became prominent, and therefore you need to prove that the real person sitting in front of the computer, not a printed image or pre-recorded video, a mask or a deepfake, right? We can talk about them later. And you compare faces, then you need to search faces under certain circumstances, then you need probably to analyze user behavior and distinguish bots from real people or maybe from ill-minded people that are trying to register multiple accounts under VPNs and using some other techniques, maybe searching images with the same background, extracting data from utility bills and and structure them as well. So basically it's it's everywhere. I can imagine that our company can could exist without yeah, machine learning and different algorithms in this area. Generative AI has been in the headlines a lot lately with large language models like ChatGPT and text image models like Stable Diffusion. How do the latest generative AI advancements in user verification? That's a very good question. And unfortunately for us, sort of like it affects the user verification in a negative way, in a way that it became relatively easy to create forged documents also deepfakes so people that look like real people but they don't exist or the person is kind of is generated from a stolen ID document so and it, it became really a problem two or three years ago it was pretty expensive I would say and difficult to create a deepfake that looks realistic nowadays you can do it with a click of a button on your smartphone that became a problem. At the same time, it's a cat and mouse game. And of course, this cat and mouse game was present in different areas of user verification as well. It's always this game between fraudsters and, and people that try to oppose them. Yeah, so things become more challenging. What are the implications of deep fakes? So how do they affect our society right now? Yeah, so since this online user verification become more and more prominent, the more and more uh, services offer this and our everyday lives, online user verification more and more. So, and at the same time, it became much easier to create those deepfakes and therefore became easier to pass this verification with fake document and then with AI-generated face. And of course, it negatively impacts businesses because businesses attract more fraud and of course fraud is not good uh, for businesses so therefore the implications are set and unless you really try to oppose this this new phenomenon and that's what we are trying actually to do at samsa we have a very strong 
machine learning team and we're really focusing a lot nowadays on, on yeah, fighting those deep fakes, trying new and new ways how we can protect ourselves and our customers against them, trying to find new ways how uh, fraudsters try to create those deep fakes because if you know how they play, you can play against them. So combinations of many techniques, approaches, staying creative and yeah, it's challenging times. How do you approach using machine learning to detect them? And as a human, are there ways we can detect them? There are multiple ways, uh, multiple approaches you can take there. But the first thing to note is that humans are becoming more and more useless there because the deepfakes are so good that humans kind of really realize that this is a deepfake in front of them. And of course, there are websites like this person doesn't exist. You can go there reload the page and see a new person every time they look super realistic but they just don't exist this uh defects so we are focusing on machine learning approaches there of course we use our engineers for example also to create synthetic data for creating those uh, deep fakes of course there are not so many software programs yet that can generate realistic deep fakes so therefore you can use them to generate materials that you can use to learn your machine learning models because every software leaves some sort of artifacts that you can use and train your machine learning model for so that it's successful in detecting computer-generated images. Also, for, let's say, more for the scenarios that are, should be more secured, you can complicate the procedure of Passing a liveness test, it's not just about taking a selfie, but about making some gesture that can hide your face for, for a little bit. And of course, if it's a deep fake, then there will be special artifacts um, generated by this movement. So this kind of thing you can do. Also, you can, since we have lots of clients and lots of end users uh, passing verification through us, we can use some sort of some additional signals to detect that, for example, a virtual camera is being used. Virtual camera is being used that most likely probability is relatively high that the fake is being played using this virtual camera. Then you can uh, kind of go manually through those cases and many cases you can still say, okay, maybe it's a deep fake because you can see it. Like sort of like a background that is never changing for several people, things like that. So it helps you to collect better training data. Some other signals and behavioral signals can be used to also, let's say, require a more complicated way of passing aliveness. So there is no one hard kind of like bulletproof solution, I would say, but there are lots of things that we can do. And I think definitely one of the best right now in the market that. I, of fighting this good fight against deepfakes. You mentioned artifacts. Are these usually things that if you know what to look for, a person could pick up? Or are they much more subtle things that perhaps deep learning models need to learn those patterns and be able to identify them? Yeah, if we're talking about like hovering uh, the about the hand hovering over your face, then the artifacts are pretty big and then people can detect this, although utilizing people there is good maybe for labeling data, but not for real-time use because it's just not scalable. 
right? When we're talking about just taking a selfie and maybe just a kind of a slight movement of the head, then those artifacts are much, much smaller. And very often they are not visible by human or they're probably visible by an expert, right? That, for example, knows that they probably should look at the series of frames and look at the retina and see how reflection changes in the retina. That uh, an experienced person, of course, wouldn't know such details and therefore won't be able to distinguish deepfake from a real person. So aside from deepfakes, what about other types of fraud? How do you distinguish between a real person and, and an AI? I think deepfakes uh, is definitely number one problem here. And other types of fraud is still connected maybe to social engineering or money mules, where actually these are real people that kind of selling their identity for a small reward typically come to a certain place, to an office somewhere they're being paid and they submit their old documents in real face. The documents are okay. The documents are correct and valid and faces, real face. Nonetheless, the intention is a fraudulent one. So therefore, it's important to find those cases as well. And of course, machine learning can help here as well. You can look at the signals, of course, the device fingerprints and location. You can look at even at the same background because very often there is an office with a whiteboard, let's say, at the background or maybe some curtains or open the window. So you can uh, use machine learning to search for those cases as well. And then if you realize there is a big enough clusters with those users, uh, probably a high, high suspicion that this is a money mule network. And that's one of our like products, new products that actually dealing exactly with that. In this particular case, we kind of just declined those users right away because I mean, these are valid users, but that's something that our clients should be aware of. And we provide means how they can react and investigate those cases. With any of the types of models that you train to detect fraud or deep fakes or other types of user verification, how do you ensure that your models continue to perform well over time, especially as AI technology is advancing so rapidly and bringing up new challenges for you? Yeah, that's a very good question because on a biggest scale, it's very easy to lose this moment when your model starts to degrade or maybe there's just one fraudster figures out how to bypass our deepfake detection and creates new types of deepfakes. And on the volume that we have, because it's just a very small fraction, so therefore it becomes more complicated to take those cases. However, there are still several ways how you can fight this sort of behavior. First of all, of course, we get feedback from our clients as well. Right. And typically we can detect new types of attacks pretty, pretty quickly thanks to our clients, thanks to our quality control team. And of course, we have some, maybe some other signals that say, okay, the behavior is this user is suspicious because of, I don't know, their IP address. Maybe there's some other signals, device fingerprints. Maybe they move their mouse too quickly or copy paste some stuff. Right. But there are some signals that per se don't indicate that something is wrong with the user, but indicate that something is probably suspicious. So therefore, those cases can go to like additional quality control retrospectively. And if something 
fishery is spotted, then we can collect those cases and bring it to the machine learning team and then they can react on that. Yeah, so I think that these uh, approaches, uh, and of course, we have numbers and we have numbers, let's say, when our clients give us feedback that we're wrong and us fraudster, we get those signals and we monitor if this metric goes up and apparently something that is happening and therefore we react. But usually, of course, it's a cat and mouse game and you need to react quickly. And so far, the combination of many, many techniques including the ones that I mentioned, allow us to be ahead of the game and say. As AI has been advancing so rapidly, ethical concerns have been a much greater focus recently. How might bias manifests with models trained to detect fraud or, or deep fakes? What do you mean by bias? Are there ways that bias might come up? For example, maybe your models are more accurate for people of a certain race or in a certain part of the world or any type of bias like that. Because initially I was thought that, of course, the fraudulent cases are uh, much rarer than normal cases. So therefore, typically it's very hard to train a model so that it's just one class is much larger than another one. But giving about the bias that you mentioned is that actually the good thing is that unlike many other competitors in the market, we work with the whole world and uh, let's say equally good, I would say as much as possible. By equally good, I mean that the conversion rates in many countries are the maximum that we can achieve. So for example, we work with like Chinese alphabets, with Arabic symbols, with like Cyrillic languages, Cyrillic documents. And therefore, since we're good in like performing in those regions, we also have clients that are, by nature are global and the users coming from around the globe. And therefore, our like training data, they typically don't have bias towards certain race or whatever. So for us, it's not a big deal. Of course, there is some sort of bias, but always will be the, the point here is not to make it super huge and super obvious and it's not thanks to the fact that we're working really globally so for us it's yeah, not a big deal i'd say are there any specific things that your team is doing to monitor the potential for bias or to tackle it if you find cases of it sure so let's say probably of course if we were selling just a technology would spend more attention in providing like super detailed metrics for our potential customers but since we're doing like just a bigger software as a service we like measure our success and the pass rates and the conversion rates happiness and satisfaction of our clients and our clients comparing maybe us to some other vendors you always see when vendors that they run in parallel and so far we are just satisfied with what we're saying and like we're even open about uh, the conversion rates for each particular region and we're open about that in terms of we put this conversion map on our website and honestly very often it's the problem when some regions have lower conversion rates or approval rates and that's the metrics that we're monitoring uh, very closely problem is not with the like race or the age of the users but about the documents that particular countries have and some countries don't have let's say id cards or passports for 50 percent of the population so they, instead they have paper-based documents that are damaged very often so they're not made of plastic so therefore 
they get worse over time relatively quickly. So, and the conversion drops happening mostly because of those bad documents. And therefore, we're finding ways how we can increase those conversions. For example, providing a way how user can authenticate using some sort of like taxpayer number, uh, like SSN in US, for example, or BVN uh, or CPF in Brazil, and thus we increase conversions. So that's the, the focus for us. So. Yeah, sorry that I'm just not giving you an exact answer to your question, but I just wanted to yeah tell you how we reason and what we pay attention to. Is there any advice you could offer to other leaders of AI-powered startups? Yeah, so usually I'm kind of not really in a position to give advices, but uh, there are, of course, a couple of things that I believe in. And for, for example, especially in machine learning, you should never... Settle, right? So because new and new things are coming up. So it's very important to not stop learning, explore new techniques, then see what's going on in your field, because uh, this is a, like a field that evolves super rapidly. Also, I would say that if you're dealing with uh, some sort of anti-fraud solution, you should always think like a hacker. So you shouldn't say, okay, maybe this, like I will have a shortcut here because a hacker won't figure out that this kind of, let's say, weak place is there. But no, there will be guys that will figure it out and you will regret that you took a shortcut at some point. So think like a hacker and don't compromise security. Don't think that some things won't be revealed. They will. There's a couple of things I can mention for sure. And finally, where do you see the impact of SumSub in three to five years? Yeah, that's a very hard question because in the current world, we don't know where it will turn next week. But yeah, however, there are some things that are more pragmatic, I would say, and there are lots of work for three and five years just developing the platform that we're doing right now. There will be a never-ending fight between ill-minded people and and people that try to protect to protect themselves against fraud. But also we want to contribute more to society, I would say, by uh, open sourcing more uh, products, I mean, machine learning models. In fact, we started doing so, so you can find our models on Hugging Face. Also, we're trying to contribute to education. We'll start computer vision courses, constructed university in Bremen next semester. And that's actually funny because I was doing my PhD there and now we're having lectures there and it's pure coincidence. So yeah, we want to contribute more to society. We want to develop our platform further because there are lots of work in being all-in-one verification platform and a compliance toolkit. And the world is constantly changing and there are more and more electronic IDs right now appearing. So the problem of identity is not solved yet, whatever it means. I even kind of formulate what the problem of identity is, but one thing is known for sure, it's not solved and we're in the, in the process of figuring out what needs to be done in the long run. So here we're it's not a sprint, it's a marathon, I would say. And we are up for it. This has been great. Vacheslav, I appreciate your insights today. I think this will be valuable to many listeners. Where can people find out more about you online? Yeah, just going to samsa.com or to LinkedIn. That's where I'm relatively active. But, and yeah, I think 
that's enough. Perfect. Thanks for joining me today. Yeah, thanks for having me. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. I'm Heather Couture, and I hope you join me again next time for Impact AI. Thank you for listening to Impact AI. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and share with a friend. And if you'd like to learn more about computer vision applications for people and planetary health, you can sign up for my newsletter at pixelscientia.com newsletter.